0: Here's to the ones who followed their small business dreams. The builders, the makers, the movers and shakers. The ones who are bold enough to stand by what they know or leave it all behind for something new. For 30 years and counting, these believers have found a home online with a .NET domain name. To them, we say thank you. And to you, we say keep pushing, keep fighting, keep dreaming up. Realize your big idea and find your .NET. Visit keepdreamingup.net. Everyone, man, we got a we got a crew here. Nick, yeah. I see you. I, know, I know I know Claire's standing by. Yeah. Hi, Claire. Hi. We've got a special guest for this episode from at atthehive.com, Evan Dial. Evan. Good morning. When I first when I first walked in, um, I don't I don't think Evan has a shot right now. But he was in a dark and scary room.
1: I was frightened. Sorry to frighten you so early
0: No, it's okay No, I like, I like this idea that Evan is needs like needs complete darkness to, to get his best analysis I do You're just like lighting incense, living in the dark
2: The bane of
0: Hornet's <laughs> uh, <Yeah. the> <laughs> story of my life I was born in it <laughs> I was born ready
1: that was a solid bane.
0: Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Um, hey. So while we're getting, we're waiting on David. Hopefully David gets in here for this show. But I want to ask you guys uh, real quick before we get into this show. The NBA just did some rules on lottery for the 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 NBA draft lottery for 2019 and resting players. They're going to start penalizing teams for resting players on national TV games. What do we What do you think about these rules, Nick? Okay, that's good. All right, no, that's enough. I like that, Claire. Okay.
3: <laughs> Honestly, I think that lottery rules. I don't know how much the lobby rules are going to change anything, um, because I think teams are going to. It's kind of to me like they kind of seems like the luxury tax hmm. rules. But, you know, and, and if teams want to tank, they're still going to tank. And I get that this like the team. Right. Uh, it
0: wasn't like a lot of uh, it wasn't like a lot of teams that were the worst team in the league were ending up with the first pick anyway. This just seems right. like now more teams are going to go into the bottom three because they know it doesn't matter anyway. I guess it just make it would make them I guess marginally better because they don't have to complete. And maybe that's the whole point of this is that they just didn't want teams completely embarrassing themselves for the first round. Hey, there's David. David's walking in now.
3: And then as far as like the resting players thing I mean it, 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 I guess that's the trade-off for not having back-to-back games yeah Maybe.
0: no exactly and, and and look I think it's fair to not rest players on national TV games yeah
3: of course I think that's
0: fair to be honest about this player's not injured it's a national <laughs> TV game this is our product let's have pride in it this is our product David let's have pride in it you're
4: talking about rest again I'm talking about you I need to rest I just ran in the door like that was my Kramer <laughs> Did my best Kramer.
0: All right, we're out of music, so I guess we should uh, start this show.
4: You are Locked On Hornets,
0: part
2: of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
5: In a minute, because we lie. We live. We live.
0: This is Locked On Hornets, your daily podcast on the Charlotte Hornets and the NBA. I'm... Doug Branson, joined by a certified slew of Hornets experts to my immediate right, David Walker. David, you're in studio. I love in this. Person
4: in person and studio, Doug. I love this. Did you think it was going to happen well, again? I missed,
0: I missed you. I missed your musk. I, I can know. smell it from your here. I smell. Uh, we've also got uh, Claire James, Calamity James. What's going on, Claire?
3: Not much. How are you guys?
0: Good, good. Uh, let's see. We got Nick Denning and Raleigh. See, I have to like think about everyone that's here. We've we got such a full crew. all over the place. So, Nick from Raleigh, what's going on, man?
2: I'm, I'm awake. I'm, I'm ready.
0: He's got a sweet. Well, let's see that sweet mug again. Oh, yeah. Can we get a good sip sound? Let's get that sip sound. Oh, yeah. take, a, take a swig. Oh, yeah. That's good stuff. <laughs> special, <laughs> guest, special guest for this show from atthehive.com. He's got a great new article about Frank Kaminsky out that we will talk about in just a few. Evan, uh, dial. Evan, what's going on?
1: Good morning, Doug. How are we
0: doing? Now we're doing great because it's Friday. It's uh, hashtag Fun Friday, and we've got a great shoe segment coming up with the man to my right, David Walker. He's gonna the. I'm gonna call you Officer Walker for this segment because okay. you're, you're you're helping folks cop some shoes. Oh, wow. oh yeah, that's it, oh, guys. Yeah. That's what you
4: get on that Fun Friday.
0: Oh yeah. Um. So uh, subscribe and rate us on iTunes. We've gotten some new reviews. Can I hand out some shouts to the buzz of out there on this Friday? Is that okay?
4: Let the Dugaholics hear
0: it. Okay. Our guy, Josh. You remember <laughs> you remember Josh, David? Uh, he's the guy that won the trivia contest during the one remote show we, we've oh. done so far at Fitzgerald's. He checked in on iTunes. He wrote, I've been listening to David and Doug talk about the Hornets for a few seasons now. As most Hornets fans know... Sports media does not often turn its attention to our team. That makes this show even more important to hardcore fans like myself. It remains my main source for Hornets news. Keep up the good work, guys. Well, thank you so much, Josh. We appreciate every single review. We read them all, and we try to get a few on the show every week. So make sure you're reviewing us on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Locked on Hornets. And also, big thanks to our newest Patreon subscribers, Lamont, Mark, Sean. They all joined the nest this week and are helping to keep <laughs> our hive alive and well. You got to push it. You got to. I'm selling Which one it. are you
4: going for, though?
0: What's it? The nest, the nest is the group. The is
4: where the buzzomaniacs live.
0: You got it. Huh? Well, I didn't even need to explain it. You that got makes it. makes sense.
4: It's just. Uh, Wait, so. why is it a
3: nest and not a hive?
0: Because the hive is, it's, it's overdone. And hornets live in nest. A hornet's nest. You don't hear a hornet's hive. We're, right. we're trying to be, <laughs> I'm a zoologist. Yeah. I don't know if you know Keeps my day job.
3: It. <laughs> <laughs> my bad, Doug, my bad.
0: All right. So, but anyway, thank you to all the people out there that joined the nest and uh, they're helping to keep our hive alive and well with their financial support. Way to go, guys. I want to have a drop. I have a drop for this now. Did I load it? Yeah, I did.
4: Bees, Beats everywhere! Oh, that takes me back.
0: I know. That was in the one of the original yeah. uh, intros. All right, let's get into the show. More bumps and bruises to report, unfortunately, from Hornets training camp. Clifford called Trevion Graham's left hamstring injury, quote, not terrible, but he will miss a few weeks of action. Dwight Howard felt felt better yesterday, but did not do any contact. Sounds like they are just being careful with the big man. Also sitting out of the contact portion of camp was Malik Monk, who was listed with a sore ankle. He's been dealing... With an ankle injury all summer, first sustained at a draft workout, it caused him to miss summer league with both Howard and Monk. The question will be how soon to get them involved in preseason action with it just around the corner, Monday, first preseason game. David, we'll start with you. How careful would you be with each of these players?
4: well you always want to be careful with injuries obviously but i'm shifting my concern from dwight howard yesterday to malik monk today uh the the young rookie has not gotten a lot of time on the court as when like you said was hurt all summer no summer league uh last week said he was should be 100 ready to go to, to see this little setback uh it's not the best news hopefully hopefully they're just being super cautious but man you got he's they're asking a lot of him this season he's got to be out there
0: yeah, but Claire, even if they're being super cautious, it's it's troubling that Malik Monk once again being held back and not able to fully participate, get ready for his rookie season, right?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I just hope it doesn't turn into um, a situation where he's going to be out, you know, preseason camp for a couple weeks. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Nick, how concerned are you about Dwight Howard or Malik Monk missing preseason time? What do you think? I mean, preseason game one, do you expect either of these players to play?
2: Probably not. Um, I'm less concerned about Dwight cause he's been, he's done this for a while. Like he can probably miss preseason and be probably all right. Uh, but Monk just like, you know, like David said, we haven't seen him. He hasn't really been playing. Um, he needs preseason.
0: Evan, is there an argument, uh, for Malik Monk to get involved in this first preseason game because, you know, it is his rookie season and you want him uh, to be ready to go for the regular season once it, once it gets here.
1: I mean, you would love to see him play because the Hornets will be counting on him a lot this year, and he's a rookie, as Nick says, and he needs the time. But uh, I would still err on the side of caution. He's too—he's too valuable to suffer a worse injury.
0: And we should say these are all relatively minor injuries. The Hornets have avoided sort of that major injury so far. Knock on wood. Uh, the Hornets seem to be having a great camp overall. Certainly, you could not tell otherwise from Coach Clifford. A lot of that has to do with the fact that so many of these guys were here early and came to camp ready. They'll have their first true test on Monday, their first preseason game in Boston against the Celtics. And we will have a full preview for you uh, next week on Monday.
6: Ace is the place with the helpful hardware folks.
0: Okay, I've got a little story to tell about Frank Kaminsky. He's he's improved his health. He's improving his defense. And, and if you guys want to hear a story, um, pour some more milk. It's story time, all right? Training camp is a time to put all your hard work during the summer to the test. For second unit power forward Frank Kaminsky, a lot of that summer work happened in the weight room, strengthening his base, increasing his foot speed, all in service of one goal.
5: My big point of emphasis was to do that so... On the defensive end of the floor, I could be quicker, um, be able to switch, be able to guard different positions. So um, just getting stronger and getting quicker was a big point of emphasis.
0: Now, he wasn't drafted for his defense, but his struggles to stay in front of smaller power forwards and hang tough on the block against stronger ones was exposed time and time again in his rookie season. This included the first round playoff series against Miami, where Lewald Ding took advantage of Frank's difficulty on defense to go for a team leading 19 points per game. Frank finished that series with a 124 defensive rating, highest among the major rotation players. And there's a little bit of irony here. Kaminsky, a reflection of the mutation of the power forward position, a three-point shooting seven-footer, falling victim to another mutation, the lean and mean slashing power forward. And that's a good way to describe the guy who plays in front of him, Marvin Williams. They can often be seen together at training camp practicing just a little bit longer than the rest of the team. And if there's one guy on this roster that knows about guarding fours and how tough it has become, it's Marvin Williams. They're
6: taking, you know, Kevin Durant, two guards, out of seven feet and putting them at the four spot. LeBron is a small forward, bigger guy, obviously, but they're putting him at the four. Carmelo Anthony is making the turn to the four spot, so They're not, you know, fours anymore. So you have to learn how to guard you know, smaller, quicker, stronger guys.
0: Year two for Frank Kaminsky saw minimal progress in his defensive numbers and his 1.093 points per possession allowed on spot-up opportunities was well below average according to Synergy stats and contributed to a second unit that couldn't keep points off the board last season. Part of that stunted progress could easily be attributed to an offseason chest surgery that affected his physical progression and sent him on a dangerous game of
5: catch-up. You know, when I was coming back, I was trying to fight so hard to get back to the level where I was at. I ended up losing 20 pounds because of that surgery Um, and I just wanted to be back to where I was and I kind of burnt myself out to begin the season because I was trying so hard to get back to what you know I thought I was going to be having a whole off season.
0: So far, he's had that entire offseason to work on his body, and one of his goals is to be reliably counted on to guard multiple positions, something Kaminsky understands is as much about mentality as it is about physicality.
5: Normally, pretty good at being at the right spot and thinking things out, but it's it's that next play. Um, You know, whether it's a closeout, not getting beaten, finishing a play, you know, getting the rebound, whatever it is, um, that second effort is something I've been trying to get better and better at. Steve Clifford has set expectations high for the defense this season,
0: challenging them to be in the top five overall when all is said and done. Frank Kaminsky's growth on defense would go a long way in reaching that goal. It sounds like he has the desire down, something his training camp partner says is the most important factor.
6: I think, third and most importantly, man, you have to have the guys that want to play defense. And I think we do have those guys. You have to understand the importance of playing defense, man. If you want to win, you know, your offense will get you there every once in a while, every night. But as long as you have that defensive mentality, when the game starts, you always give yourself an opportunity to win again.
0: Big thanks to Justin Thomas who helped get some of the sounds you heard there. Locked on Hornets is taking you inside Hornets training camp and inside the locker room all season long. So subscribe now and make sure to tell a friend. All right, let's get Evan Dial into this discussion. He wrote up a great breakdown of this pivotal season for Frank Kaminsky on AtTheHive.com. The title is... It's time for Frank Kaminsky to take the next step. Evan, we just heard about some of the things he's looking to improve on the defensive end of the floor. What does he have to do to take the next step offensively?
1: Well, you know, his his big efficiency numbers will come behind the three-point line. We'd like to see that improve a little bit. It was only 33% last year, but uh, he takes over four and a half a game, so there's a lot of volume, so that efficiency needs to go up. And then, you know, in college, he was a dominant post player, but so far in the NBA, he hasn't posted the greatest posting numbers. So it's good to hear him getting stronger because not only will that help defensively, I think it will go a long way on offense uh, for him in the post as far as establishing position.
4: Yeah, Evan, I just wonder about Frank Kaminsky. If he can ever, you know, as mentioned, having to guard these quicker smaller guys in today's nba and you know how much improvement is realistically expectable or realistic to expect of him to be able to do that i just i mean i I don't see him getting a lot quicker you know and the way the game is going it's always going to be a struggle for him don't you think
1: yeah i agree i mean he can get stronger uh obviously quickness he can work on improving but i would still be doubtful that he would ever become, well, good at guarding quicker players. So, and it'll always be a limitation of his, but it's it's just up to him to at least just not be, uh, you know, a weakness or a weak link on that end, just be above average and maximize his other strengths.
0: Yeah, that's interesting, Evan. One one thing you didn't hear in that last uh, feature piece is um, Justin asked Marvin Williams why he's been so good at being a versatile defender and the first thing that Marvin referenced was the fact that he used to play the three position, mm-hmm. and he said that you know he, he's been blessed that that he did that, and that he th- he knows how the three thinks, right? And, and so that's so key. It, like it's it is about physicality. Is about like getting your body ready to guard a quicker player. But if but often when those closeouts happen, you're talking about a half step, and you're trying to determine whether he's going to pull up for that shot or or drive to the lane. And you got to deal with shot fakes and all kinds of things, and so it is. It is a a very mental thing to to guard those quicker fours. Yeah, right?
4: and look at the guys that Marvin mentioned going into the four spot. Right, it's like some of the best scorers in the, you know, and some of the best offensive yeah. players in the history of the league. When you're talking about even Melo, uh, you know, you could even put like a Paul George in there at times. Uh, certainly LeBron. So I mean, he's not facing those guys every night, but that challenge is always going to be there, which is why. I think that he's just got to really amp up his game on the offensive end Evan, you mentioned those three point numbers. I mean he for him to uh, for him to really increase his ability to impact the game that three-point shot I think's got to be dialed in and uh, also yeah you mentioned the the low post score and that would be nice to mix it in too It just feels like in t- today's game he's going to be most effective if he can be a reliable three-point threat.
1: Yeah, the three point is key and he'll be used a ton as a pick and pop guy and a floor spacer and a lot of lineups, uh, especially when he plays alongside Dwight as a stretch four. So getting him a lot of quality looks there and uh, just getting him on the move and a lot of screen and roll action, I think will, will be the best way to utilize him.
0: I'm probably most interested in Frank Kaminsky, the passer, and you wrote about that in your article as well. I feel like that's one area on this big rotation where he could really stand out. And you, you threw a couple vids in there that, that had me salivating.
1: Yeah, I, that's actually my favorite part of Frank's game. I love his passing. I think he's a really smart player that sees the play develop uh, you know, before it happens, and I think it's something that Steve Clifford should take some more advantage of uh, just him catching the ball off the screen and then just making next play either a cut a cutter or a shooter I think it's something the Hornets can take advantage of and be and be useful for them
0: yeah I mean and to develop that passing game you almost have to have that, that uh, superhuman anticipation that second sense that ability oh well well, I think Frank said it best
5: I would have liked to have been a Jedi but yeah whatever
0: yeah so you just gotta whatever be, yeah. <laughs> you got to be – when you're passing, you got to be a Jedi.
4: I mean, I think that's what's kind of lost on Frank is that he is a really, you know, talented scorer. I mean, you saw it in in college. They ran that entire offense through him through uh, his senior year. So, like, he has the ability. And I have to think that injury set him back, obviously, a little bit last year. And it's, you know, it's still an adjustment. But, like, when he is trying to stick with these quicker guys, that's going to wear on on him a little bit. Um, I just – you know, I think back to like some of the guys that Clifford's brought in here that were not known as defensive guys, Al Jefferson, mm-hmm. um, and he doesn't quite take up the same space, mm-hmm. uh, doesn't really, he's not going to play that spot that Al played, he's not going to anchor the defense, you know, it's tough to, to um, get Frank to like, he's not going to captain the defense like Marvin Williams, which is why Marvin is so important, Right. so it's tough.
0: Uh, Double M15 on the chat saying it would be great if he set picks better as well. What did you see there, Evan? Do you think that that's got to be a part of his game that improves as well?
1: Uh, Absolutely. Um, He should take some notes from teammate Cody Zeller, who is the screen master. (laughs) Um, He's the screen Jedi. He is the screen Jedi. And I think (laughs) the best part about Cody, (laughs) he's a little more unpredictable. And I think Frank could be a little more predictable and not react or read the situation the best but uh he's still young and I think he will be capable of improving in that area
0: all right so you you wrote all about the the fact that he needs to take the next step and you broke down some things that would be required of him to do that and let me ask you this can you put your prediction hat on and do you see what what do you what do you expect from Frank Kaminsky this season
1: I see his best year this season um You know, you look at NBA players, the third year is often when they break out the most. And now that he's more comfortable, I think he'll be stronger this year. He doesn't have to worry about the injury. I think Dwight Howard will do wonders for him in terms of making up for the areas that Frank lacks in. So I think this is a guy I wrote who's capable of 15 points and six rebounds. And if the Hornets get that, I think they would be thrilled. Yeah,
0: yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah, Claire, Claire, Nick, what do you guys think? Frank Kaminsky's development this season.
3: So another thing that I think that is kind of overlooked is the fact that he and Cody are going to be playing against the second units. Um, In previous years, obviously, Frank has mostly played against the second units except for when Cody was injured. Um, but now he's going to be able to play with Cody against those second unit guys. So I think that, you know, in terms of being able to captain the defense, it's not going to rely on him at all. It's really going to be mostly Cody to back him up and, and make sure that everything's on lock.
4: That's a good point because, I mean, who's been playing on that unit with him last year that was going to be like a defensive guy? I mean, that's what they talked about. The big drop-off on defense with that bench was was a big deal. Right. Nick.
3: Exactly. Now, now he's going to be able to play with Cody against the second unit. So that's going to help him a lot. And yeah, if he doesn't have the best year of his career this year, then we might need to revisit some things.
1: Oh, oh strong, strong oh, words man. from Claire.
0: She's throwing it down. Uh, Nick said, that Harry Potter get up, she's got on right now. Exactly. She's just casting, casting spells right now. Uh, Nick, Frank Kaminsky, if, if he doesn't prove, uh, who does that help most? Other than himself, obviously.
2: Uh, I mean, it it certainly helps Clifford's job security um, because you know they're probably going to play playing better. Um, No, he it's 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 going to help everyone because when you have to rely or you have to when you have a guy who's a liability on one end of the floor, that that just makes it a little bit easier. Um, I'd be I can't. um, One quote I heard from him was he says he got to get he's got to get better at um, you know he he can. He can make the first rotation, but it's that second yeah. mm-hmm. one where he gets lost, and that's something that's—I mean—just awareness, better awareness overall, could really help him. Um, I mean, you know, make up for maybe a lack of quickness.
0: Yeah, and, and sort of it's a similar thing that we talked about with Jeremy Lamb, where if if you're—I think it's got to start with getting your body ready, and then you can start to sort of take those those next steps in terms of. You know, okay, I got to dive into the deeper strategy right now. But if you don't even have the physical tools, you got to sort of depend on those to be there, yeah. So that you can, when you make the right decision, you can go. You can go, and you still don't get burnt. Right. So I think you know we'll, we'll see if if this off season, this fully healthy off season for him, will then translate. To, to his ability uh, to, to really dig into the the finer points of the game. And again, you see him after every training camp hanging around with Marvin Williams. That's and, good. And that's only going to help. That's
4: I mean, a good sign. Yeah, yeah. he's going to have to be a cerebral defender, though, Doug. I mean, just given yeah. the physical limitations, no matter how, like how good his, uh, mm-hmm. of a shape he gets into, he's going to have to learn how to kind of use his angles and anticipate some things. And you're right, Marvin – you know is a great vet to have right there so he's going to need to learn from him as well which i think he's trying been trying to do ever since he got here i mean that's that's what it looks like to me
0: yeah I'm, I'm interested to see how frank and and cody work together on defense because while cody zeller is not a traditional rim protector in terms of block shots he has shown an ability to just keep guys away from the rim because of his quickness his ability to come over quickly for help defense and that's not something that frank was paired with with a lot last season. He was right. more with sort of those traditional plodding you know, big centers who were a little s- slow-footed. So it would be interesting to see how that pairing happens yeah. as well.
4: And I'll say this, Doug, and Nick kind of hit on it, that it would help everyone if Frank has kind of a breakout year. And I really think that's true up and down the organization. Yeah. I mean, Rich Cho included, look, this team really can't afford to miss, sure. quote-unquote miss, on any more draft picks, right? Like they gave one up for Bellinelli. Uh, that's really the way they're going to kind of build the base. That's the way they've built the base of this team, and they need some of these guys to take these jumps uh, if they want to keep building the culture and the success, success of this team.
0: All right, Evan Dial, great analysis there of Frank Kaminsky, a writer for AtTheHive.com. Go read his article, the title, It's Time for Frank Kaminsky to Take the Next Step. Uh, Evan, thank you very much. You're welcome to stick around uh, for this next segment and talk some talk some kicks. You'll uh, mostly be David. David just telling us all why these shoes are awesome, and because this is well, this is fashion. It's like it's like you just you're the experts. You get to you're like Kanye. <laughs> you just get to set the trend. I am like, and, Kanye. and we just Thank are like, you, okay, Doug. well, Kanye likes it, so we like it. I right. like it. Uh, wh- before we get to that, though, want to take a quick second to tell you about something we started here on Locked On Hornets. It's a way for you to get access to more Hornets content and support the show, and it starts at just a dollar a month. It's called Patreon. Go to patreon.com. There's a link in the description of this episode. You can get exclusive interviews access to content before anyone else. We're going to start doing post-game shows live on there only for Patreon users and double entries to our ticket giveaways this season. Check it out, patreon.com slash L-O-H. Join the nest, become a buzzamaniac, maniac, help keep our hive alive. All right, let's end this Friday with something cool, something neat, something fun. Let's talk about some Michael Air Jordans. David has the scoop on a few pairs of, is this a, ter- is this a term, foot candy? Anyone say, anyone in the shoe uh, game got, say foot candy? Uh,
4: I don't. Has anyone heard that? If you've heard that, if any of you dugaholics have heard that, let us know.
0: Sweet, delicious foot candy. Tell us about it, though. So, this segment is going to be a couple mildly of. Mildly inappropriate. <laughs> a kind of just, just ooey gooey foot candy. Um, Rex Ryan likes it. Um, so, uh, this segment is going, you're going to show us a few shoes that I'm, people should wear. At Hornets games, if right. they've
4: got in their closet, if they've got access to eBay, which is a site we highlighted yesterday, a popular yeah, yeah, site, yeah. A commerce, sure, electronic commerce, mm-hmm. um, and just some shoes that have come out in the past year that would fit well at a Hornets game, and then I got two bonus shoes for for the dad swag out there. So we're going to start off with one of my favorite shoes from last year, Doug. This should have been a highlight, a crown jewel, if you will, of the Charlotte All Star appearance. It was the All Star Air Jordan One, put out for the Charlotte Hornets. <laughs> no for foot candy we've got a comment yeah, i yeah. agree
0: double it double and <laughs> 15 is thumbs down on foot candy they
4: did a whole run of these shoes geared towards being in charlotte there's a lot of little hints you can these see are the, my favorite yes uh, michael air jordan the, iride- the iridescent purple to teal i love these shoes if you've got a pair of these or if you can get your hands on them a i don't great have shoe this particular
0: wear. pair but i like that style what do they call the retro ones is it's that the air jordan one right Okay, great. Um, so I I like those. <laughs> the snark level. Well, it's not snark. I'm just I want to get it. I want to get it. I'm, I'm standing next to a, or I'm sitting next to a legend right now in, in, yeah. in shoe analysis. Wow. So. Okay. So anyway, right, that, yeah,
4: that's a killer shoe. The next one you may recognize from the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, among other shoes, Will Smith had worn this one quite a few times. This is the Air Jordan Five Grape. It's grape because of the purple grape. Oh, and wait. the teal grape, hints, like
0: grape candy.
4: Like grapefruit candy, exactly. <laughs> nope. Um, <laughs> no. So, this what, is another what classic. What this one's did Carlton, wear? Carlton wore. Carlton wore penny loafers. Okay, that's yeah. the one I want. Those are coming up. Those are in the off, Michael offline. Michael Air
0: penny loafers. Go ahead.
4: These are tougher to get your hands on, Doug, but if you can run down a pair of these, maybe on uh, StockX or your local uh, consignment shop, this is a good pair to wear.
0: Okay. Lastly, okay. and
4: I know you have these, Doug. These I actually own. I didn't put these in just for you. This is the Air Jordan 10 Charlotte. You see the CHA, mm-hmm. not the CHO that Basketball Reference uses now. Which that would have been an weird. interesting nod to Rich Cho, too, but they did not do that. So this is again the purple and the teal, the hints on the upper. The Air Jordan 10, a classic. They did a whole pack of these Charlotte, Chicago, New York. And this is the Hornets version.
0: I don't know if this is coming across on the screen, but I just want to tell people these have kind of a cream. It's not white. It's like almost a, cream. a
4: pearlized white leather upper.
0: And 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 I didn't know this when I first got them. And so it, it shocked me a little bit. I'm like, how are these already? They It kind of gives them a little bit of a worn look like it.
4: You did you write a letter? Or you send an no, email. No,
0: I just was like, wait a minute, and then I I took a closer look yeah. and I said, no, this is. No, got this, a sheen. this foot candy is fine.
4: They've got a sheen on this candy, right? Exactly. All
0: right. So wait. So you have wait for let's. Get, I need Nick and if Cla- Claire's still here, I don't know. Claire, well, I heard one of them
4: fall asleep. I, yeah.
0: Well, one of them. What I think Evan left. He was like, look, okay. I got my. I don't care about shoes. I got my Frank analysis, and that's fine. Uh, so uh, Nick, Claire, what do, what do you think about the, which one of these shoes would you wear to a Hornets game? Nick,
2: go ahead. Oh, man. I'm still stuck on foot candy. Man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> sticky. By the way, th- we are live on YouTube right now. So if you're listening to this pod, um, I, we apologize for this visual segment, but you should definitely check us out at eight. We do it every day though. Morning. So we're not that yeah. sorry. <laughs> we're not terribly sorry. Uh-huh. Um,
3: I think I'm rolling with the the Air Jordan ones. Yeah, but I don't know. You're you're talking to a girl sitting in a Harry Potter onesie right now, so I don't know if I'm, I'm the foremost on fashion.
0: Rocking those Gryffindor ones is that a thing? I don't know. Is, is, is Gryffindor a thing? I just sort of I tried there. I
3: think it is Gryffindor. Damn.
0: Okay, great. Hogwarts, <laughs> the Hogwarts retro threes.
3: Exactly. Yeah, they'll go well with.
0: with okay, let you got Nick, bonus. Nick, do pins. you have one
4: of these that you like more than the other? Um,
0: I
2: like the the um the last pair. I
4: think ah. of all. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Charlotte is a nice Charlotte is a nice um nice touch there on the side. Um, you
0: can you can borrow mine sometime, Nick. Is that okay. do people borrow shoes? No. Price Twelve.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: What? It's not. I, I mean, t-
2: I'll spray some. I got you know. What are the the bowling alleys? Yeah. I got There you sprays. go.
0: Freshen okay. it up. There you go. I'm just trying to. I'm trying to. Cons- I'm trying to save the earth. Trying to be conservative here. Well, if, the, um,
4: if those are a little too much for you, Doug, I had two bonus with, uh, shoes that uh, that now, are see, that, that are always classics love, and never go describe out of style. This
0: one for the listeners.
4: This is the Vans Old School, Doug, and um, you guys out there will recognize this as a very popular shoe from the '70s California skate scene, and also that just never goes away. It's a classic.
0: Well, so what is this shoe called? Vans.
4: Vans Old School. Vans Nick, Old School. Claire, you guys familiar with the Vans Old School? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. It's a classic yeah. shoe. And uh, this is, I like to call it a little dad swag, because if your dad, you know, if you're, you take your son ru- to a game. I would totally game, rock these. Yeah, it's not a put down. I'm uh, It was a compliment to myself more yeah. than anyone.
0: No, this is a great, because sometimes you don't want to wear, you want to be a little casual at the yeah. game. You don't want to wear these like big bulky sneakers all around.
4: That's right. <laughs> And then last but not least, the shoe that is really credited, I think, for the recent surge in Adidas sales, with all apologies to the aforementioned Kanye West, the, the Stan Smith Adidas. This is an ultra-classic tennis shoe, Doug, all-white upper, can be worn with anything, can even dress it up on a fun Friday uh, you know, with a suit if you want to, if you want to get Super Bowl, Doug. But I like this shoe. It's fun. It's a great— That's right. A great summer shoe, but hey, if you're gonna rock this in the Spectrum Center, I think you'll be all right.
0: I love that shoe too. I don't, you know what? But I don't wear all white shoes because I actually wear. There's only one, the Charlotte ones that we saw earlier. That's the only pair of shoes you're that upset. I that I just wear at, at nice things because they okay. are so beautiful. But normally, when I get a pair of shoes, I don't care how nice they are. I'm I'm wearing those bad boys. Those are getting worn straight out straight to feet because I yeah foot candy to feet <laughs> <laughs> right to the foot all right this is how's it all right double m15 said the vans look good he likes the vans I also like on vans. frank he said this will be his best year uh, since he's not dealing with the chest injury the lung issues and uh, we we saw and, and he brings up a great point that we that we forgot to mention we got a preview uh, last season of what you know sort of confident uh, locked in Frank Kaminsky looks like, 18 points per game yeah. as a starter, over 18 points per game as a starter in February. So,
4: And that's one thing we didn't mention, the confidence uh, today, yeah. but that's been a big key for Frank, I think. When he's been able to play well, get a lot of minutes, get in a flow, and have that confidence – of a number one score that he was in college, it's been a real boost to him. So I mean, that's that's a good sign, and I think everything you're seeing from the preseason. Tell me if you guys agree. I mean, he's having fun. He's being a little outgoing, you know. He's 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 cracking jokes. So I think that can only be a good sign.
5: I call him my hater blockers. Exactly. <laughs> it's time to go.
0: That's the that's the signal. <laughs> that was the that was the horn right there. Uh, thanks so much for listening to Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. For more information on uh, this uh, Hornets preseason that's coming up right around the corner, October 2nd, they get things started against the Boston Celtics. Shoot us your Hornets questions and thoughts to buzzbuzz at lockedonhornets.com. We are back again next week for David and Nick and Claire. Big thanks to Evan Dial from At The Hive. Go read his article for joining us. And Steve and the entire crew here. Did I think David? Yeah, David too. Uh, for the entire goes crew without here saying. at Locked On Hornets. Go Hornets, go America, let's swarm Charlotte.
6: Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best selling LED light bulbs.